0: Where the hero is not being rather heroic
1: Yeah, being kind of a dick, Matt
0: Yeah, his dickery is showing
1: (laughs) I wish it was, anyway Oh, man Where did you think I was gonna go with that? You can't give me You can't set me up like that (laughs) Welcome to the Marvelous Madam's Podcast We're your hosts, Madam Chris
0: And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things murder.
1: Yeah, big time. Uh Uh-huh. Madams, assemble. Before we start today's episode, we need to thank some people who have been amazing to us for the last uh, month or so on social media. And we'd like to start with one of our absolute favorite humans, Charles at Geek and Eats. Thanks so much for sharing our crazy asses with your followers every week. We really appreciate it.
0: And Comic Chick, we share your love for all things Enoch.
1: Miranda Greentree, shoot us a DM and we'll work on a jellyfish safety PSA together. We'll see if we can get the two Toms to join us.
0: <laughs> Atadana Girl, we love talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with you. Team Sousa, all the way.
1: Ninja Cat, thanks for the vote of confidence for our future WandaVision episodes. We're very excited. And for everybody, those will be starting January 20th. So stay tuned.
0: Carib Mermaid, thank you for all the love for our Daredevil episodes. It means a lot coming from someone who knows the show so well.
1: And now on to Daredevil, season one, episode eight. So full disclosure, everyone, I'm sitting here with a... Little garbage can next to me, just in case.
0: <laughs> yeah, the last couple of episodes have been a bit rough on you, haven't they?
1: Just a tad. <laughs> and this one does not get any easier.
0: No, it does not.
1: So we are now on episode eight of season one of Daredevil. And this is what I would call our first, like, truly Fisk centric episode. Yes?
0: Yes, it really shows us who he is.
1: Yes, and it's at this point where I can really have sympathy for this man. Mm -hmm. Much more so for the boy he was than the monster he's become. It gives us a lot of context.
0: Yeah, it gives us insight on how he became who he is.
1: So the episode starts with Fisk in his home and... I want to talk about his home for a minute. Okay. When I saw this place, the first word that came to my mind was sterile. Right. Yeah. It doesn't appear to be lived in. There's almost a museum-like quality to it.
0: The thought that came into my head was empty.
1: Yes. Lonely. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely.
0: It's clearly not an empty house. He is living there. There is furniture that we see beautiful furniture yes but it still has that empty lonely quality to it
1: yes and then I started getting hungry
0: yeah okay here I have to I I have to ask okay just help me what is it with bad guys cooking with classical
1: music I don't know that's a Hannibal Lecter thing too for sure Yes. But I will say this. I will bet you my house that Vincent D'Onofrio is an excellent cook. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just the way, not only just the fact that he's an Italian man from Brooklyn and (laughs) mamas teach their boys how to cook. That's how it works. He looks like a natural with everything that he's doing in that kitchen.
0: Yeah, Yeah. And he's so neat with everything he does.
1: Yeah, but... There is something, though, that I feel obligated to point out. So I am five foot four. I run between 135, 140 pounds. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I would need more to eat than that little omelet he makes. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's got like six more of those on the stove. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I was actually thinking
0: early on while he was making it that he's just making a midnight snack.
1: <laughs> I mean though it's clearly daylight outside. He's getting ready for the day. So it throws that out the window. Yeah, that
0: was my earlier thought which is which then obviously got proven wrong. Maybe he's on a
1: diet. He'd still be dying an hour later. Like that's not filling this man. True. No way. Now, we've talked before about how well they merge flashbacks in present day with Matt. I think they do an even better job of it with Fisk here.
0: Yeah, and once we have this montage of him getting ready, which I I do really like his walk-in closet, but the transition we see from the classical music while he's getting ready and all of that to when he sees himself in the mirror as that little boy very well done
1: yeah that's like horror movie fuel that's yeah that's night. that's nightmare fuel
0: yeah it was really well done and subtly it slowly changes and you're just like oh okay
1: now we've said in past episodes that they did a good job of casting the kid who plays young matt he's believable that he could eventually grow up to be matt murdoch at least like tv believable Yeah, sure. I feel like they kind of drop the ball here with young Fisk. There's no way that this blonde haired, blue eyed, little rosy cheeked cherub grows up to be (laughs) Vincent D'Onofrio. That would be like, like if somebody were to make a biopic of me and you cast Marissa Tomei to play me as an adult.
0: (laughs) I'm not quite sure. I let me put it this way i didn't find it glaringly obvious but i would say that the that boy did a good job
1: he did he's an excellent little actor yeah so this is our first glimpse into what fisk's childhood was like and we can surmise just from this little bit probably wasn't great
0: yeah the blood splatters don't exactly translate to a happy childhood
1: yeah yeah (laughs) So Fisk is getting ready for his day on one side of town and Foggy and Karen are starting their day over at Nelson and Murdoch.
0: Yes. And they are discussing what to do about Union Allied and Matt being Matt with his super hearing abilities over their conversation.
1: Yeah, I thought this was hilarious. I'm like, oh, guys, you think you're keeping things from Matt? <laughs> How quaint. Yeah. And then
0: Matt goes on. This kind of actually pissed me off to a certain extent. Yeah. Where Matt is telling them to back off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Foggy says to Karen jokingly about himself, on occasion, some dickery may leak out. (laughs) Yes, this is indeed some dickery leaking out of Mr. Murdoch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he's using that kind of language with his secretary again it's coming back to the same thing they're not being professional (laughs) boss and employees
1: and he told Karen he hates her coffee yeah he is just waiting (laughs) desperately for a lawsuit (laughs) terrible boss terrible
0: he's lucky he, he doesn't actually have any money because Karen would have sued his ass
1: off Yeah, so the whole thing here is that, as we saw in last episode, Foggy saved Karen's ass when one of the enforcers was about to try and kill her again. So she kind of had to bring him in on this, and now they're struggling with, well, should we bring Matt in on this whole thing? And he, like you said, pretty much makes that decision for them with his super hearing.
0: Yeah. Hell, he didn't have to be in the same corridor with them. He had to be down in the same building, and he'd, he'd have heard everything anyways.
1: That's true. So... To be fair, Matt is telling them to stay out of it. True. He is scared for them. He does love them and doesn't want to see them get mixed up in it. Yes. But I think there's also a little bit of he's mine.
0: Yeah, I think it is a little bit of that. And it's hypocritical of him.
1: Absolutely. As if they're not allowed to care about him, too, and worry about his well-being.
0: Yeah. And he's not telling them what he's up to.
1: Right. And he's what he's doing is even more dangerous than what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And he wants to do it his way. Right. Because that's the right way in his mind.
0: I don't know. It, it kind of pissed me off the way Matt's behaving.
1: Absolutely. And then he gives them the story of, oh, let's use the legal system to their advantage. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I don't know how much of that is aligned to keep them pacified and how much he still believes that it's possible.
0: I think it's a bit of both, but I have to say this. Matt may be the blind one, but Foggy just cannot see anything that's right under his nose.
1: Yeah, and there have been a lot of signs. A lot of them. Yeah. I mean, Karen
0: is just joined the team and she's noticed the amount of times Matt has come in injured. Yeah. I mean, Farky lived with the dude. He Wouldn't he notice the fact that suddenly his friend is falling very often?
1: Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, you've got to assume Fight Club, right? <laughs> At the very least, and that would be bad enough. I mean, he is blind after all. Yeah. It makes me wonder just how good of a friend Foggy is that he's not more concerned. You're right. I don't know what to say. I mean, I like Foggy, but... He sees what he wants to see.
0: Clearly, and he believes what he wants to believe if he thinks that he uh, he's as good looking as Matt is.
1: Well... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? It also might be... A little bit of ableism in here, too. Despite the fact that Foggy knows what Matt's capable of in a professional sense, it's probably just so ingrained in him, the idea that a blind guy couldn't possibly, couldn't fight or be significantly more independent than Matt is. True. Yes. And we've absolutely seen Matt use his, we'll call it disability, to his advantage. Yeah, absolutely.
0: He's playing the game.
1: Yeah. And he's played it with Foggy ever since they've known each other.
0: Yeah. Which makes Matt a rather shitty friend.
1: It does. Because here's the thing. Not only does Foggy see what he wants to see, Matt also only shows him what he wants him to see.
0: Yeah. So then that brings up the question, is Foggy the naive one who's seeing only what he wants to see? Or is Matt playing the game really well?
1: I think it's both. Okay. And I think Matt does start to get sloppy at some point because, too... A person can only live this large of a lie for so long; it's exhausting. And two, the more yeah, st- the more stressed he gets, the more he goes through in this season. I mean, something was going to give at some point. Yeah, true. So while these three get down to business at Nelson and Murdoch, we head over with Fisk for another bad guy meeting.
0: Yeah. So in this bad guy meeting, we have a rather interesting event.
1: Indeed. Fisk
0: apologizes.
1: Yes, mark that down on your calendars, people.
0: Yeah. And the guy still has his head on.
1: Yeah. But that doesn't mean Fisk is getting, as he would see it, soft in any way.
0: No. He's playing the game, which is smart.
1: He is. Now, something he says here really just rankles me. And it has to do with this mentality of organized crime and the mafia when he tells nobu that he doesn't like his quote honor questioned (laughs) these criminals and their codes of honor give me a fucking break
0: (laughs) well everyone has to believe in something right
1: this is true yeah and it is very true that every villain is a hero in his own mind for sure
0: And that is especially true with Fisk.
1: Yeah. But, you know, it just reminds me of all those old time mobsters and their stupid rules and their codes and their voting systems. Oh, get out of here, you assholes. You all rolled on each other anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Fisk is super pissed at this Nobu character because he didn't give Fisk the full details of this cargo shipment. Basically, he didn't tell him about whatever the hell this kid was. Right. Now, we see something interesting here, too. Wesley's reaction to all of this. Yes. Uh,
0: Through this episode, actually, we see that Wesley actually does care about Fisk. Does he? Yeah. In his own very reserved, stunted way, he does.
1: You know, I guess what it is is i think you're right but i don't want to believe it why because he's such a reptile i don't want to see him as human
0: that's a you problem that's not a him problem
1: yeah i guess for me it's also hard to understand why he has so much loyalty towards fisk Mm Hmm. or why he cares so much about how he's respected i mean if it was one of those situations where fisk found him where it was like a batman and robin situation where like fisk found him as a teenager or kid whatever and brought him up and gave him a chance but that's definitely not the vibe we get from their dynamic
0: no i think i can understand to a certain extent let me explain before you start asking me what are the (laughs) bodies so when I got my job, my boss was a good guy. He, he, was, he was my employer. I was his employee. We had a professional relationship. But when things got really difficult for me at home, he was good. He was understanding. And I was loyal to him. To the point where when his superior had asked me things that could have been rather compromising for my boss and his job security... I did not take the opportunity to do that. I cared about my boss.
1: Okay. But the question is, would you have had people murdered on his behalf? No. Yeah. See, that's, that's the extra step there that causes me the problem.
0: Yes. I mean, that's obviously a problem. But like you said, everyone is a hero in their own story. In his mind, he probably justifies what he needs to do. Yeah. For his boss. Yeah. And he may not have a conscience, but he may have feelings.
1: Mm, Hard for me to reconcile the two.
0: It's a very gray area.
1: So this whole encounter with Nobu prompts another flashback and we're taken back to 1970-ish Hell's Kitchen where we meet Fisk's delightful father.
0: Mm -hmm. And he's running for city council.
1: Yes, because he's a tiny little man who wants some power.
0: Right. He's not even pretending that he wants to do good.
1: No, not at all. And at this point, we realize, again, how similar Matt and Fisk are. Both of their fathers are the driving forces in their lives.
0: For very different reasons. Absolutely. And it's clear over here that the Fisk family is not doing so well financially.
1: No. And that's another reason the father is running for city council. He wants to use the office to line his pockets. Yes. And as many idiots of his type do, or did in the past, he went to a loan shark to finance this ridiculous city council campaign of his.
0: Right. And understandably, his wife is unhappy about it.
1: Yeah, with good reason. Loan sharks, yeah. never a good idea.
0: Never. Yeah. That's another rule for life. Yes, absolutely. We are just
1: full of wisdom over here on the show, aren't we? Indeed we are. (laughs) Look at us. Look at me exhibiting common sense. Don't use a loan shark. (laughs) So the mother here, at this point at least, she's between a rock and a hard place. Because you can't just go back to the loan shark and say, ah, you know what? We changed our minds.
0: Yeah. And if she does that... I think we know what's going to happen to her.
1: Yeah, because he did this without her knowledge. Let's be clear about that. She did not know about this. But I also don't think it should come as a big surprise to her that her husband would do something so stupid and reckless.
0: Yeah, well, again, I think it goes to you believe what you want to believe.
1: True. (laughs) Yeah, I got a little incensed watching this. I just have blowhard asshole wants respect he hasn't earned. (laughs) So back to present day, and we find Detective Blake is awake in the hospital. That rhymed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't remember his name for some reason. So I just named him Corrupt Cop and Corrupt Cop's partner.
1: No, see, there's too many. He was also a corrupt cop. Yeah, there's too many of those. (laughs) We got to be specific here.
0: Yeah, I I just figured I'll remember.
1: Yeah, so Blake can't talk just yet, but... Gotta figure he won't appreciate having been shot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is what has Fisk a little worried.
1: Yeah. Enough to want him dead.
0: Yeah. I mean, why try to have a conversation with the man? You're
1: a little worried. Just kill him. Yeah. Yeah. That's your default. Why not? Yeah. Fisk has every reason to be nervous about this because he's right. Foggy, Karen, and Matt really want to have a conversation with Detective Blake.
0: Yeah, Fisk should be worried, and it's smart of him to be worried.
1: But for the moment, Matt has the three of them digging for this information from a safe distance at the office.
0: Yeah, they're doing more research on the entire structure of Union Allied and everything that goes behind it.
1: AKA, Matt is keeping them busy till he can ditch them at an appropriate time and take matters into his own hands. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm trying not to think too much about it because it gets me a little pissed (laughs) off. Matt is not my favorite character at this point.
1: Yeah. Fisk is a guy who really enjoys sending messages. Mm -hmm. And this is another great way to send a message. Have a guy's partner kill him.
0: Yeah. Well, to be fair, even if he doesn't send his partner, he sends anybody. The message will be received because the guy will be dead.
1: Yeah. And just what a great friend here, you know.
0: Yeah, well, there is a reason why the partner was told to do it because the security was so much. Yes. And Fisk takes the effort to meet this guy one-on-one himself, which the partner knows is a huge deal.
1: Yeah. If I were that guy and I didn't know that Fisk first wanted me to do something for him, I'd be like, oh, I'm dying in this warehouse.
0: (laughs) I love the line where Fisk tells him, How much are each of these years worth to you? Yeah. I just loved it.
1: He chills my blood.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Fisk is being pragmatic about it. But at the same time, he's kind of telling this dude that he knows he can buy him.
1: Yeah. Because he doesn't want to die. It's as simple as that. It's not just
0: that he doesn't want to die. It's that he is a man with no morals. He's been bought before. Yeah. He's going to take it to another level that's
1: all sure and you're right about the security because hoffman the partner is able yeah to easily get into that hospital room but you know what this might even be colder than fisk hiding weapons of murder inside a sandwich you monster you sound like joey joey and i have a (laughs) lot in common okay Joey and I both (laughs) would never use a sandwich to murder. We would never poison gravy. Never. That's my code. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I was more concerned of the fact that the needle was dirty.
1: Well, who cares? It's being used to kill a guy anyway. What does that matter? True, but people should have standards. (laughs) So let me get this straight. Your priority is that the murderer remains hygienic. Yeah, and it obviously can also be used as evidence. He's putting his greasy, gravy hands on the the thingy to put the needle in. <laughs> oh man. Should have used a bagel. Less best. But the hole in the bagel, you know. Can't hide a syringe there. That's true.
0: Here's another tip for people who <laughs> intend to no, I don't. <laughs> If you intend to murder someone, use a clean needle.
1: <laughs> oh my god. D- please, disclaimer. Do not murder anyone with any implement whatsoever. Do not poison yes, we, any food. We, we do, do not, not
0: condone murder. No, we
1: do not. Here's a question. What floor... Is this room on? And how the hell did Matt get in there? Because he's waiting for Hoffman. Yeah,
0: and here's another question. Why was he waiting for him to inject before he took him down?
1: Yeah, like, dude, you couldn't have seen that coming? You're all about
0: saving people.
1: Yeah, like, you didn't... Come on, Matt. We've seen you see all kinds of tools all over the place. You couldn't hear that fucking needle? You couldn't hear that there was something else in that sandwich that shouldn't have been there? (laughs) come on man and what about the liquid going in yeah i feel like he dropped that the is noisy yeah this one's kind of on him
0: yeah i love the fact that the partner murdered him because fisk paid him and we are riding mad about
1: it <laughs> <laughs> it's the principle of the thing
0: yeah matt can't catch a break right now from us
1: So Matt tries to get a little information out of Blake before the poison fully kills him. But all Blake has to say to Matt is, is it my turn for this? Yeah, man.
0: You're kind of already dead. You just don't know it yet.
1: Yeah, he just told you.
0: Yeah. And I love the fact that they buy into their own propaganda.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I also don't expect this dude to really be coherent about what's going on either. He did kind of just wake up from a coma.
0: Yeah, true. And he still and he does have all that poison Coursing through his veins.
1: Yeah, so maybe we should cut him a break. <laughs> God, this episode is all kinds of morally topsy turvy, isn't it?
0: Uh-huh. Where the hero is not being rather heroic.
1: Yeah, being kind of a dick, Matt. Yeah, his
0: dickery is showing. <laughs>
1: Well, i wish it was anyway that, oh man where did you think i was gonna go with that you can't give me you can't set me up like that you
0: know as soon as i said it i just knew that i shouldn't have said that seriously
1: but... have we met while all this is going on leland Owlsey is having a bitch fest <laughs> I love this guy. (laughs) I don't even know what else to call it, because that's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah, I I just... He reminds me of, you know, those really old ladies who are just so fed up with everything?
1: Yes. Yeah, he's basically my Aunt Marge. (laughs) So he's bitching and moaning about his life and being in danger. He's having Fisk's tailor make him one of those special body armor suits yeah all he cares about is saving his own skin yeah you know i kind of appreciate this in a way because he doesn't pretend to have any code
0: yeah and well it's understandable because he thinks he's above these guys he's the money guy he's the wall street guy
1: very true yeah he's not one of them yeah but he's also getting a little big for his britches here. Yeah, kind of. He's pushing Mr. Fisk a little too hard.
0: Which is pretty much the theme of this episode. Everyone was pushing him.
1: Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, Owlsley, you are going to get a slow, painful death and I'm just going to sit eating popcorn while you do. <laughs> what a pain in the ass. Yeah,
0: yeah. I wouldn't want him as my accountant for sure. Too much complaining.
1: no. And this prompts another flashback to Little Fisk and, oh, here's a moment where I relate to the monster. <laughs> Do you feel
0: dirty after saying that?
1: No, I feel hungry because here we find Baby Fisk being medicated with cake.
0: Mm, yeah. What was it called? Zupa?
1: Yes. Yeah, that's basically Italian cake. There's probably some custard in it along with the sponge.
0: Okay, that's nice. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm feeling hungry too.
1: Yeah, so, and I guarantee you, this is not the first or the last time young Wilson Fisk will be medicated with cake. Trust me, little Italian kid growing up in Hell's Kitchen back then, he's getting cake when he's happy, he's getting cake when he's sad, and everything in between. Cakes all around. Yes.
0: Yeah, so we find out that that baby Fisk was beaten up by a bully.
1: Who was significantly bigger than him, I might ask. And And older.
0: And a major dick. I wanted to beat him up. Yeah. I couldn't blame, I couldn't blame the father at that point.
1: I can blame the father for having it go as far as it goes.
0: Yes, agreed. But I sure would felt satisfied when he gave him a nice big whack.
1: Well, at the same time, though, given the time period, given the area, the culture, that bully was also probably getting beat by his father every day of his life. It's a cycle of abuse. Hmm. It's where it all comes from. That's
0: true. Yeah that's true
1: so as satisfying as that might be in a a primal sense in that lizard brain of ours i wouldn't want to see things worked out this way in a perfect world you know he doesn't just go beat the shit out of this kid and two it doesn't come from a place of love
0: yeah it's coming from him being insulted
1: yes That's my property. That's my kid. Only I beat my kid. And not
0: just that. The kid was basically insulting Fisk's father. That was the, that's the crux of it. If it was just the bully beating the kid, the father wouldn't have done anything so much, quite so drastically.
1: I think you're absolutely right. And as if it's not bad enough to have the kid know he beat the shit out of this kid, he makes him watch. And he makes him kick him. Yes. He makes him complicit, makes him participate. Yes, It's clear that little Fisk did not want to participate. No.
0: It's clear over here so far that baby Fisk is a very sensitive young boy.
1: Yes. So it makes it that much harder to deal with this level of abuse. Yes. Because you know this guy isn't just beating up other kids. He's beating his wife and his own kid. Yeah.
0: And we see that later on in the episode.
1: Oh, we'll get there. Yeah. Back- so, back to present day, Fisk has a meeting with the terrifying Madam Gal, <laughs> leader of the Triads. Yeah.
0: And she shows up at his house.
1: Yeah. Now, you know what I love about her? And I know it's based on the comics and everything, but again, great casting here by Marvel because they have a character here who is the physical opposite of Fisk in like every way. Right. But But just as scary.
0: Just as scary. And she commands that presence. It's not easy to take away that kind of, that gravitas from someone like Wilson Fisk.
1: Yeah. I mean, he could literally just crush her neck with his hand.
0: Yeah. But instead, he is serving her tea. Yes. Which is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Do you know much about Asian culture?
1: Is it the tea or the the servitude? The servitude. Okay. So... I have an idea.
0: Okay. So those of you listening who aren't very familiar with Asian culture, serving tea is a huge thing. There is a certain ritual to it. And it's always a subservient position. It's always the wife or the daughter of the family who will serve the tea. Never a man.
1: So this is major deference that he's showing her. Yes.
0: He is giving her Chinese tea in traditional chinese utensils serving it to her in the traditional chinese way
1: so major respect yes and that may also be a form of apology too
0: apology and i think it comes from fear as well because she's a big fucking deal
1: yeah and this whole scene is great because it's one giant power play yeah it
0: is and she's crushing him
1: yeah oh and it's just great when she drops the pretense that she can't speak english and he admits he speaks chinese
0: yeah wesley was pissed
1: oh yes <laughs> he certainly was
0: Yeah, it's like what the fuck am i doing here
1: yeah and i have to leave the room why
0: <laughs> yeah he suddenly didn't feel indispensable
1: yeah well that's because he finally realized he isn't mm-hmm. no one is true so the just the fact that Madame Gao shows up h- at his house is a veiled threat.
0: Yes, it is. And it's not so veiled anymore when she does openly admit to him that she got his address from
1: Leland. Right. And she's basically saying to him, you're getting sloppy and you're getting soft because of this woman. This is a big, like, get your shit together moment.
0: Yeah. Get your house in order.
1: Now, when she leaves, this is one of the most frightening things I have ever seen. Like, legitimately. And I don't mean, like, in a horror movie sense. Okay. When Fisk just turns over this table in a rage.
0: Uh, I was gonna go with flips the table.
1: Oh my- I don't even think there is a a verb strong enough. Heaves, maybe? Um... It's just he's a maniac. Yeah. And two, it shows, again, the physical strength that this man has.
0: Yeah, that and also his restraint.
1: Yeah, so Fisk is a fucking mess after this, which prompts another flashback.
0: Yes. And this flashback pretty much starts off immediately after the previous one.
1: yeah Yeah, because his father punishes him for not being a man you know yeah and taking care of that bully the way he needed to be taken care of and punished him for crying you know he's that kind of asshole and he makes this poor little boy stare at the wall for hours which now explains why Wilson Fisk has a tendency to stare at that painting for hours
0: yeah because it looks like that wall
1: yes and oh man this was this was rough to watch mm-hmm. because obviously fisk's mother is upset about what the father's doing in his typical fashion the father says oh yeah you want a piece of my belt here it is
0: yeah that was rough and i have to say that the father did a good job the actor did a good job
1: yes yeah he really did because you absolutely hate him yes yes Yeah. And I think he was very well cast again, just physically, because he's not a big overpowering guy. He is average size to small. Yeah. Which just adds into his inferiority complex.
0: Yeah, true. And he's not like a good looking dude. He's an average looking dude. And he's bald. Uh, Yeah, true. So, Yeah. yeah, it all adds up. And they did a good job. That guy did a good job, too. And even this little boy, because just seeing him flinch at every time the leather is hitting the skin is he did a really good job Poor boy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we need to give credit to the woman playing the mother, too.
0: Yeah, that's true. Agreed.
1: Yeah, that is not easy.
0: Yeah. And we quickly come back to the present moment where we meet.
1: Ugh. <laughs> Vanessa. Vanessa. That's her name from now. That's how I'm going to refer to her. Just.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So here's the thing where I, where we were discussing earlier about Wesley being a friend. This is something that a friend would do.
1: Yeah, you are right. Even though Fisk is like, what the fuck did you do?
0: Yeah. And I Um, would have called you if I needed you, which Wesley says it may not always
1: be true. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is absolutely true. If they were, decent human beings this would be great <laughs> it would
0: even be heartwarming
1: yeah but once again let's enable the monster
0: <laughs> well he brought in the one person who he knew who could take care of him and yes hopefully not break the entire house down
1: yeah in the process yeah yeah because it is a gorgeous house i'd hate to see for that to happen
0: yeah true and it's like if he breaks the glass it's really high up you know it's 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 dangerous
1: yeah now we see how this all ended because it's just been escalating in these flashbacks this was another time on this show where i had to mute the tv
0: oh so you missed the line
1: i could not handle this okay the beating i was okay with the murder i couldn't handle the beating okay I was more than okay with that kid protecting himself and his mother by bludgeoning his father to death with that hammer. Hmm. Good for him. Yeah. Self-defense all the way.
0: Yeah. And I also love the fact that he used the same line his father told him. Keep kicking him.
1: Yes. Yeah. That poor kid just snapped. Yeah. I mean, poor baby. He already had PTSD from years of abuse And Mm -hmm. this just snaps a brain, for sure. And I have very mixed feelings about the mother here. On one hand, I can feel sympathy. Having been in an abusive relationship once myself, Mm -hmm. I understand the pathology. I do. And in that time period, I also understand resources were more limited. They're not doing well financially. I don't know how much she would have needed the husband economically. She struck me as a woman who could probably handle things just fine on her own.
0: It could also be a cultural thing of sticking it out. Yeah and, and he that's,
1: yeah. and that's my problem. Cause here's the thing. All right. You think your kid needs his father? No, your kid doesn't need to be beaten and abused every day of his life. So fuck you for not ever protecting your child and now putting him in a position to have to kill his own father that's i lose the sympathy when it comes to the kids and the woman has the resources to get away and it's just a matter of oh i think my kid needs his father i don't want to get divorced because that's that's not what we do like no but at least here she finally steps up to the plate and does protect her kid
0: yeah, which is what gets the father to end up taking all his frustration out on her.
1: No, no, I mean she protects him by covering up the murder. Ah, okay. All right, okay. Because back then, oh that kid's going to prison. Yeah. There's yeah, no self there's no self-defense plea for him. He's getting locked up.
0: Right, true. Seeing your father being cut up and put into garbage bags, that itself is also quite traumatizing.
1: Do you think? Yeah, watching mom <laughs> cut your dad up piece by piece with a fucking kitchen knife. Yeah, I think that might cause one of few nightmares. Mm-hmm. Which but, we
0: see is a trend for Fisk. He has nightmares every day or yeah. every night.
1: And I give the mother some credit here. Smart thing that she does. And it, now it's a good thing the father did go to a loan shark because they can blame his quote unquote disappearance on the mob and say the father took off to get away from them because he couldn't pay his debt. Yes. Smart perfectly plausible nobody's gonna look into it yeah
0: exactly in the end she came
1: through way too little way too late because her son is fucked from this point on
0: yeah and then we come back to the present where we (sighs) see that
1: (laughs) i know exactly what you're gonna say and i'm just waiting for it because it's gonna make me so mad because i'm gonna have to admit that you're right and it just go ahead
0: where we see that Fisk is confessing to Vanessa this whole thing. And she is supportive and caring. And she is good for him in that moment. I hate you so much right now. (laughs) I couldn't say it with a straight face. I just had to start smiling.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know because I can't dispute any of that. She's right. Of course it wasn't his fault. He was a child. None of that was his fault. If anything, he was a fucking hero. Yeah. He saved his mother. He saved himself because ultimately his father would have eventually killed his mother. That's what always happens. It yeah. always escalates.
0: Yeah. Who knows? He could have killed her that day because he was really
1: going at her. Yeah. They do. They usually don't intend to kill, but they just lose control. And that's how it ends up. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with what you've said here. And Fisk then explains that <laughs> you can't shut say up. It. Shut up, <laughs> Fisk. So Fisk then explains to her that he wears his father's cufflinks to remind himself that he's not a monster. Right. And yeah, you
0: know what? We have to give credit to Vincent D'Onofrio here in this episode. He is so
1: good. He's fantastic. He is. The man, he is one of the most underrated character actors out there.
0: Absolutely. And it is so easy for someone to take a character like this and make him cold and, and monstrous. But Vincent D'Onofrio, he just, he makes you feel. Yeah. There are layers to his character.
1: Yeah. Now, now Fitz says he, he wears those to remind himself he's not a monster. Uh, buddy, I think maybe you need a stronger reminder. Maybe something that gives you an electric shock when you decapitate someone with the car door. <laughs> maybe a maybe a collar, a collar of some sort. <laughs> well, yeah, that's where we see
0: he does get certain tendencies from his father. He lost control in that moment.
1: Yeah, but see, here's the thing with Vanessa: a good person would say, "Hey, honey, you know what? I'm so glad you told me this." This was a big breakthrough for you. I understand how hard it was for you to tell me this. Why don't you get into some therapy? We'll get you some help for all of this trauma. Let's not continue murdering people. You know, I agree. If
0: Fisk would have gotten some therapy, he wouldn't be the person he was today.
1: No, I don't know how much it would have helped. I think it would have helped enough that he wouldn't have become Kingpin. True. But I also think if Vanessa truly loved him she'd encourage him to get that help
0: okay so there's two things to this one for some reason which we've discussed earlier movies and television shows don't seem to believe in the concept of therapy true so that's something that would never have come up no matter who it was secondly i think there's also a certain aspect of i accept you for who you are
1: with vanessa (sighs) Gonna make that my signature sound for the rest of this show. <laughs> and I mean, that's what everybody wants.
0: Exactly, which is why I say they're good for each other.
1: But some people shouldn't be accepted <laughs> for who they are. <laughs> for some people, who they are is the major problem. In the real world, I would agree.
0: Absolutely. And he definitely needs some therapy, preferably in a padded cell with handcuffs but in this scenario obviously keeping in mind that it's fiction i think it's okay i think that they're they're good for each
1: other well here's my last question for the episode regarding miss vanessa Mm -hmm. I, i say that but i might have another okay fisk we can understand is just fucked to hell and back with trauma we don't condone his behavior, we don't condone the person he is, but at least we can understand it. Right. What the hell is Vanessa's excuse?
0: We don't know. We don't know her story. Just like we don't know Wesley's story between Fisk and, and Wesley.
1: But I also feel like Vanessa is a lot more self-aware.
0: Yeah, I think she is. And I think that she is. She has those darker tendencies. She just didn't find the right person. And in this case, she found Fisk. Which is probably one of the reasons why she's so eager to accept him for who he is. I feel like this whole Vanessa thing between the two of us is just you interrogating me and trying to trip me up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're lucky These I episodes. can't. You're lucky I can't edit myself, or else I would be putting together like whole <laughs> reels of things, just pull, just isolating things and pulling them out of context. And yeah,
0: yeah, I know. You want to keep a clip ready for my whoever my next romantic interest is
1: yes
0: (laughs) these episodes are seeming more and more like interrogations to be
1: (laughs) (laughs) so while vanessa is comforting fisk matt is looking for ben urich and finds him matt as Mm -hmm. daredevil we should say yes or the devil of hell's kitchen right he's not actually daredevil yet he's just a ninja right now
0: yeah again he needs to get himself some branding
1: yes we know You've mentioned this once or twice. (laughs) So he's basically just pushing Ben to expose Fisk. He gives him some information, but Ben's basically like, dude, you don't know how reporters work. I need more than this.
0: Yeah, I need legitimate sources that can back this shit
1: up. Yeah, I can't just run with what you claim.
0: Yeah, which he does actually, eventually. So Ben is basically playing hard to get before he caves. Right. Must have been that five o'clock stubble.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So no one is immune. Uh Uh-huh. So Ben gets to work on this story. Yeah. And while he's typing away, we see Fisk again, getting up to start his day, but with a change this time. Yes.
0: Vanessa is there.
1: <sighs> now, this is again what I mean. She gets the same size omelet. Come on. No. <laughs> Just no. Where are the other six? Or where is the short stack of pancakes? Like, come on. Yeah. Or maybe a croissant. No, that's no. No. no? A, light fluffy, a light and fluffy croissant. No, that's not doing anything. I wouldn't mind one. Yeah, but it's not going to fill anybody. That man heaved a table over. He needs more than a small omelette and a croissant. And considering
0: the fact he may have had a very active night that night.
1: Stop. Don't go there. Please don't go there. Please. Seriously. don't. Let's not go there. <laughs> it, it had to be said. They both woke up naked. Yeah, but I'm also thinking the guy's not exactly in shape. How active could he have been? I'm guessing she did all the work. That's between them. Let's not get graphic. <laughs> That's okay? what I'm saying, so you keep out of it. Don't go there. I t- <laughs> <laughs> well, even if he was a pillow princess, it still takes a certain amount of effort, right? I'm going to pretend I've ever heard that before. <laughs> so now we get another montage here, and this is so well done. Yeah. We see it's like Vanessa's tentacles are coming out. Or
0: she is being a good and caring girlfriend who is helping him move on.
1: Oh, bullshit. (laughs) You, You know it. Don't even try to give me that. Her tentacles are coming out. She is already walking around that house like she owns the place. Mm hmm. And she loves it. She knows it is solidified. Now this power she has over him.
0: Yeah. And he's willing to let her have that power.
1: Oh, I don't know how much control he really had over it. He is so damaged.
0: True. But let's be honest, as damaged as he is, if he decides he doesn't like the way she's treating him, he could just grab her and snap her neck And she'd be hanging there like a ragdoll.
1: But she's also a master manipulator in her own right.
0: True. But he has just plain brute strength on his side.
1: True. And this ending, man, oh, this is, ah, this is again where a moment I have to have respect for the monster. (laughs) Because this is genius. And it's perfectly, it's so well edited. In terms of Ben writing this story simultaneously.
0: Yeah, and his voiceover about Fisk while he's getting ready. And then it all just goes to hell when Fisk decides to come out in the open.
1: Yes, he holds a press conference making himself out to be the hero of Hell's Kitchen.
0: Yes, that who he truly (laughs) believes he is.
1: He does. And he paints Matt as the villain Now, oh, I was wrong. I do have one last question. Okay. Do you think this was Vanessa's idea? I wouldn't be surprised. I think it was. I think this move has Vanessa written all over it. It's smart. It's full of finesse. And it's only going to get him more power. Yeah, it's a good move. I think on his own, he would have been afraid to do this. I think she either put it this way. I think it was her idea and she let him think it was his.
0: No. As we move on in the show, it is pretty apparent that she does give him her input and he does take it into consideration. She, They play mind games, yes, but she's pretty forthright in what she wants him to do and he's willing to listen and take and do what she says.
1: So... Matt's listening to this play out on TV. He doesn't have a marble table, but he does have a laptop to destroy. Yeah. Again, the
0: parallels there. Uh Uh-huh. And we see Ben, who was in the process of writing this, sees the press conference and just goes, delete.
1: Yep. They've been outplayed. Yep. Completely outplayed. Outmaneuvered. It's not checkmate, but it's... Check. Your move.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: So, we wrap up there with Matt's little temper tantrum.
0: Yes. And if you have a temper tantrum brewing for the fact that we don't have Daredevil Season 4, you can reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram at MarvelMadams.
1: Indeed. Thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris.
0: And I'm Madam Amy. Join us next week for Season 1, Episode 9 of Daredevil.
1: And hopefully I won't have to have the garbage can so close. Don't count on it, my dear. Yeah. Well, if you enjoy listening to us and you'd like an exclusive episode about how we met and started this podcast, our origin story, as it were, join our email list and we'll send you the link.
0: Sign up on our website, themarvelousbatoms.com, where Infinity Stones are a girl's best friend. So glad I have some of this stuff unedited, saved. I can listen God, to. it
1: I'm going to be in court someday. All right. <laughs>